Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! That's right, Corey, mate. The Bombs Express is back. And as we continue piling through these uh, pre-NAB Cup or pre-JLT series uh, team podcasts, today we'll have a look at Essendon and uh, the Fremantle Dockers. But before we get right into that, Corey... Where can listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on our forever popular website, www.supercoachelites.com. Do you think the listeners thought maybe Bretta was coming back then, Bombs? Well, I thought the li- what I think is that the listeners just hope and pray that you don't mention Brett's name. And uh, every time they just go straight through to the Bombs Express, they are more than happy with that result. I can assure you of that. It gets it gets an extra three likes every single time. <laughs> uh, what do we got today? Essendon and Freo in our series yeah. of quick fire podcast. Um, look, as always, we'll keep it nice and polite, and you can kick us off. Well, I'll kick us off with uh, someone who played for the Essendon VFL side last year. His name's Brandon Zerk Quyphon. Um, now they picked him. Um, they picked him up with pick sixty six um, a few years back, but no, that doesn't make sense, does it? No, last year. I think there might be a misprint in here. Was he picked up last year or the year before? No, the year before. The year before, but he played Essendon VFL last year. Yeah, so under uh, he was drafted in two thousand seventeen and played in the Essendon eighteen VFL side. Yeah, to me that doesn't make sense. Anyway, that not make sense. Um. Well, why do they list VFL stats in the uh, in the record here? Because he played VFL last year. Oh, I just thought. Oh, well, yeah, that does make sense, I guess. But I didn't know they did that every play. Anyways, um, look, the reason why I'm going with him is because he was he was relatively impressive um, in the in the twos last year. He ranked really high. Uh, well, not really high, but he rated kind of above average um, for his intercept possessions. Um, and he had the fifth most of any VFL player age 20 or under. Um, now, there is concerns around his ability to defend one-on-one, um, but I think this is going to be a, a real stretch for him to kind of make the team. But kind of the only player I'm looking at at this stage in terms of uh, having a look at the preseason and that, because in terms of key defenders, Essendon, look, aside from, I know they've got Hurley and Hooker, but they, you know, they like to switch Hooker and all those sort of things. So um, they, they kind of need that that next person down there. I know they like to use Ambrose in that kind of role, but this could be someone that we might see at some stage just through circumstance, but I'm not entirely convinced on him. I'm not entirely convinced on any Essendon rookie, to be honest. I think they are, are wanting to strike, and they're wanting to strike now, and I don't think they're going to be bringing too much fresh meat into the equation for us to choose from as a result. Uh, it would not surprise me if he did get a game later in the season, especially if they're travelling well. Um, mine is Dylan Clark. I mean... The guy tore down the door last year in the VFL. I was really shocked that he only got one game and then was sent back. I thought he'd be an absolute lock in their team, especially later in the season. But they did fly home pretty strong, the Bombers. I expect him to go back to the VFL, and if an opportunity opens at some stage of this year, he'll definitely get a go. The bloke's a freak. He dominated, you know, 30s, um, 30 touches almost every week in the the Magoos, and and no one could stop him. I'm a big Dylan Clark fan. The only problem is Essendon have so much of those players, 
And then they went and, you know, got Dylan Shield this year too. So it's going to be super hard for him to get a gig. Nice in and under, solid build. If an opportunity arises, though, I think he'll get a, he'll get a gig at some stage this year. The knock on him is his percentage uh, of, well, sorry, not his kicking efficiency yeah, percentage. The length in it, only 49%. And uh, we know that Supercoach, champion data, they love players who are able to kick the footy. And currently, that's the knock on him. And you know what my concern is? Is that if you can't do it at the lower level, how are you meant to do it at the top level? He's an when... extractor, though. He, he packed yeah. in, in his AFL game. you got the prospectus open in front of you. I oh, sure do, mate. In, yeah, his, in his AFL game, how many disposals did he have? 14. Uh, sorry, nine. Five kicks, four handballs uh, from 79 minutes. From memory, I thought it was, I thought it was nah. a little bit more than that. Um, Three of those contested, um, 114 metres gained, one clearance, one mark, five tackles. That were his stats. Okay. Yeah. Look, I think he's young. He, he's a beast. He's, what, 21 this year. Um, I think he'll be given an opportunity. It's whether he can consistently get in. And he's got to go back and, and uh, keep that VFL form up too. But Dylan yeah. Clark is one that I think keep an eye on, especially at 147K. Might be a beautiful downgrade option at some stage. I feel like if they get injuries, he might be uh, kind of an option. But unless injuries happen, I'm not sure. Look, if he played one game in that side... Um, and, you know, a year later, is he really going to break into that team when they've added Shield to the mix? Uh, I mean, I'm not entirely convinced around that. He's not. Look, he's not in the best 22 at the moment, but, you know, there's a lot of the development that can happen in your early 20s. Uh, so, true. I wouldn't... I, I think he'll play games. He'll play games yeah. this year. I'd be shocked if he didn't play a game. Hey, um, what do you reckon of the one uh, of, the, of the Mosquito fella? Now, he's in like, kind of like 20% of teams uh, or something along those lines really at the moment. Um, yeah, I think when I think there was um, a little bit of a discussion now kind of inbox. Yeah, 20% of teams are in, exactly. That um, is actually, that's on name. I think that's on name and the fact that there was this whole thing around oh, Hawthorne did a pick him up and, and yada, yada, yada. But maybe Essendon do need a small forward. Um, you know, but Temptasia's kind of fit. We know they're going to play Tipper. Um, yeah, I think it, maybe it is just because of the name, but that, that might be someone who we see at some stage. The other well. thing that worries me with that, though, is he's, he's the very similar type of play that we've had on years past. Those little mm. forward pockets, quick, energetic, you know, young blood that gets introduced and kind of struggles to, to, to really provide it super coach level. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and that you're kind of stuck and they're just floating around the mark too. So, um, wow, I did not know he was selected in 20% of teams. Irving, young mm-hmm. Irving Mosquito. Did they snipe him? I don't think Hawthorne did not pick him, did they? Didn't No, Essendon, so Essendon put in the bid or whatever. And uh, they didn't but, accept And him. Hawthorne, didn't, Hawthorne chose not to match. So he got picked up at pick 38. Um, Hawthorne obviously didn't think to... Probably of him to give up what's that, a third round pick, maybe a second. Yeah, I think it was due to points that they didn't pick him up or something. But Essendon had big wraps. They were wrapped when they got him. Well, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think when they so. put the bid in, I didn't think they. I, I think that yeah, they didn't think it was they were going to get him. Good name, but well, I can imagine the Mosquito. Like it'd just be an instant fan favourite, wouldn't it? My BT would have a field day. <laughs> <laughs> imagine Fantasia to the Mosquito. <laughs> oh man, ah, uh, your mid pricer. My mid price uh, now. My mid price, the same mid price as last year. Do you recall who I had last year for mid price? I think you might have had McGrath. I remember I had Parrish. No, no I can't stand McGrath. McGrath. No, I had Parrish too. I would oh. have had Parrish last year for sure. Oh, I go. love Darcy Parrish, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely love him. 
have a look at what he'd done. Uh, so last year, he had an average of 80-odd, which was a four-point increase on his year before. But what I like about this is he played up until round eight. I don't like the fact that he went away for eight weeks. But when he came back, these were his scores. 115, 72, 100, 62, 96, 84, 101. So he's banged out three tons there in his last seven games and another two scores of 84 and above. So um, I like what Darcy Parrish has to offer. I think he can increase the amount of ball he kind of wins. He's been hot in his first year, averaged 20, then 21 and, and 20 again last year. His tackles has always been the same, around three a year. His marks kind of either hovering around that three or four mark. So we're seeing a lot of uh, similar um, output from him. And I think it's about time in year number four that we see some sort of jump or spike in uh, in his performance. And, you know, he could take that 80 up to around a 90 or 95. And when you're looking at uh, a mid-forward option, um, could be someone who might be contending uh, come the pointy end of the year, although that is probably more unlikely than likely. Yeah, uh, big Darcy Parish fan. Do love the kid. I've always loved him. I think he's a good footballer. Uh, mine is McGrath this year, actually, at 385k. And it's probably more or less from a couple of things that we heard last week, how he's talking about um, he wants to now impact games. You know, he played yeah. as a midfielder during his whole um, uh, teenage years and, and developed that midfield craft and loved the midfield. And, you know, we, we, we've had him behind the ball and we've, and we've been pretty... Uh, well, well, we haven't been blessed, but um, he's been pretty good behind the ball. But I think now he, the fact that he's really super keen, he's training with the midfield group, apparently training really well. The only worry is he's kind of that same mould as uh, Zach Merritt. So that kind of scares me a little bit. But if we can get a solid core, because we haven't had a solid core from Essendon for a while in a midfield group. I mean, if we can get McGrath... Um, Shield, Merritt, you know, Parish, that 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 good core. Yeah, like I see. I think even you, you could almost utilize Zaharakis more up forward now, and a Heppel down back as they're getting on in their years. I think, I think that that younger core, those the the mid the, the young midfielders that they drafted to to take that next step. I think this is a year you could see them really start to stand up, and I, and I think I think Essendon's going to be good this year. Um, and it's going to probably be off the, on the back of players like Parrish and McGrath. Not saying to take the risk on them, but I would not be surprised if they if they did have breakout years, both of them, mm. or, or one or the other. I think if Essendon are going to improve, they're going to need to move Heppel behind the ball too. Yeah. I, he's, he's not an elite midfielder, and I don't care what people say. Um, he needs to move behind that ball and control things from that half-back line. That's where he'll be best suited. And let these players you drafted as pure mids, Parrish, McGrath, and Co. Let them take the club forward here in the midfield. It's and I think, just throw and I, think Essendon, I think Essendon know that now. Um, you reckon? I don't think they well, do. I think they do. I think I, I think they they know that the way that their their preseason camps are running, the way they're training, the way everything's going. I think I think they're starting to realise. All right, we can use Heppel as a bit of a general down back, um, and control the game. Because remember, we had Zach Merritt do it a little while ago. He was inside midfielder, and then he dropped back behind the ball. Where I think you're better off keeping him as the the midfielder. I think I think it's time for Hebel to do that. I think they're gonna yeah. Yeah, don't know if um don't know if Merritt ever dropped behind the ball as opposed to just not travelling wherever the hell the ball was uh, and just absolutely racking them up. Merritt's a different beast. 
who, where do you see Essendon finishing? Um, to be honest, I mean, what did they finish last year? Uh, outside the eight. They did not make finals last year. Pentacle. Um, well, they'll probably make it this year. Uh, I could probably see them winning one final with that, but I don't see Shields not going to be the difference. They and unless, 11th. yeah, unless, unless it's these players like Parrish, like McGrath, like kind of these mid-class players that, that we see in this team at the moment, unless it's going to be them lifting their game and taking this club forward, I, I don't see. I just don't. I don't see flag. 2019 written written all over this list. I don't think at the moment. I don't think they can win a flag. I think they're going to be very. I think they're going to improve. I think they'll be top eight. Man, I think we're in for another good year. I'm having a look at yeah. last year's ladder and just the log jam that was there. And like you could make it. You could make a case that Essendon are a top eight team, but then you look at it and you're like, all right, who falls out? They're probably very similar team to I'd say like an Adelaide, where you feel like they've got enough talent to win enough games and. Yeah. I'm going to do something, but probably not a flag type team yet. Keep I don't the players know. out in the park. Yeah, just depends what happens. I think with that that group kind of underneath that that sort of top echelon, they got sitting there, you know, Hurley and, and Merritt and um, Zaharakis, etc. Your premium pick? Uh, well, gee, would would I really be the box express if I wasn't picking Zach Merritt in this position here? Jesus. Um, now, every chance for me to start the year with him uh, once again this year. Someone who, now, I got a lot of stick for this last year. I feel like he is a lot of Tom Mitchell about him. He, he gets a lot of the similar type ball, doesn't get as much of it as Tom Mitchell would, um, but I feel like he's got a better kick, doesn't hit the scoreboard as much as Tom Mitchell would. But I feel like he around the ground, he just offers speed. He does a bit of zip. He's got this good little short kick. Um, his longer kicks can be a little bit suspect, in my opinion. But, man, this is someone who I've just absolutely fallen in love with. Really, the opposite of the modern-day midfielder because he's about two foot tall as opposed to six foot eight. Um, and, look, look at his season averages in the past couple of years. Um 101 last year, but the two years before, uh, sorry, not 101, 100 flat last year. The two years before that, 111 and 109. And um, absolutely no reason why he cannot shoot that back up to around that 110 mark and possibly even more. And was he start the year at 550 something thousand, 544? Um, again, when I, we spoke a few days uh, back around, um, who was it around that sort of price? Uh, Crouch. Crouch, Matt, Matt Crouch. Very similar, very similar to Matt Crouch, where if you don't want to go spending, you know, your 620s and 630s on your Oliver or, um, you know, your 5 Kelly and those sorts, then someone like uh, Merritt becomes a very, very viable option. Yeah, he offers a lot. I, I loved him. I was all about him. I wrote my first article on him, and then he was in the moon boot. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and it's scary. A, a little... And a left of field stat for the Bombers too. Uh, six of their first seven games are, are in Melbourne, either at Marvel or the MCG. Yeah. So I think they're going to start the season with a bang. I love Zach Merritt as well. I just want to see him fit. I want to see him out there in JLT. I want to see him running. Um, yeah, I think his average would have looked better last year too if he didn't get knocked out in that round one first quarter. But, uh, and then the weeks following that. Let's not forget he finished the year with 10 out of 11 tons or something along those lines as yeah. well. It was... 
Um, it was absolutely huge. He's he's back into the year. Showed that consistency. One of the ones where I love to I love doing splits. Um, yeah. And yeah, one hundred and thirteen point seven two from his last yeah. eleven games. Yeah, it, it, they were good numbers, and um, yeah, look, he was just and he doesn't have those one forties and one fifties. What he has a lot of is those one twelves, one thirteens, one fifteens. Lucky Neil kind of. Yeah, and and here's the other one. Isn't it funny how we talk about these players? They're all similar sort of mould, and they all kind of score similarly as well. You know, you got Lockie Neal, Zach Merritt, Matt Crouch, um, Tom Mitchell. I think kind of fits into that too. These smaller kind of thicker, um, you know, very strong through the hip kind of guys who are able to feed the ball out through handball and uh, get involved in, in kind of scoring chains and well, probably not Matt Crouch as much as everyone else, but um, and even hit the scoreboard at times too. Dane Zorko is another one you can kind of throw into that mix. Feels like, although everyone talks about these big midfielders, these small midfielders, yeah, they're quite handy. Yeah, and there's a lot of them too. Mm. Like, you're not wrong. Taylor Adams. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, strong through the hips. Good good analogy. Good analysis, Mm. I should say. Um, We'll jump across to the Dockers. Freo, who's your rook? Well, um, I'm going to go bit vanilla here, and I'm going to go with... uh, the Brett Bewley uh, fella here that we've heard a lot about um, in the preseason. This is someone who last year was able to average 25 touches through the, uh, the VFL. So um, obviously he's got the ability to win ball. Um, he averaged 104 champion data points through the VFL last year. Five inside 50s, 11 goals, all career highs for himself. Was really, really consistent and um, had a really, really good yo-yo test as well down at the draft combine and Deservingly got his got his name called out at some point in the draft. It was pick number fifty nine by the Dockers. Um, obviously losing Lockie Neal, we've got a player here who's one hundred and eighty five centimeters. It's probably a similar height to Lockie Neal, maybe even a bit taller. Eighty seven kegs, so he's well built, twenty three years of age, and and probably ready to kind of step into that round one side for the Dockers. Yeah, love it. Um, he will be in contention early. My one is uh, Griffin Logue, who missed most of last year with injury. I think he just played three games in the waffle. You can't forget that he was a pick. He was a top ten pick back in 2016, and he's uh, he's not even 21 years old yet. The thing that I love about Griffin Logue at the moment, he was a little bit undersized when he was first drafted, but 193 centimeters and 100 kegs um, by the champion data rankings. So I think Griffin Logue can almost be a bit of an intercept um, marker. The only problem is is he's yeah, doesn't rank great for one-on-one ability. I think he'll get a go at some stage this year and will definitely be a downgrade option. Um, but Griffin Logue is one I've always loved, and when he finally gets his go at Fremantle, could become a bit of a cult figure. The one alarm that I had on him, I thought he was going to break out really well in his first season, he didn't didn't have him last year. I'm worried that maybe I've got a little bit too much bias to Griffin Logue because I loved him when he was a junior. But... Uh, yeah, time will tell. Hey, really is, yeah, go. I was going to say, this is kind of like, uh, you know, your shares in the stock market when you've invested <laughs> that much and the market's come crashing down, but you're still, it's not even worth selling. So you're just kind of, you're just holding your stocks Hold hoping it'll just rain. rise again. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Jeez, I've been holding this stock for a long time. It's got a lot of Coriolis about it, don't <laughs> Yeah, a little too much Coriolis about it, if you ask me. Um, the other one, too, is Luke Valenti, that they reckon might yeah. uh, get a go. Still, uh, um, what happened to Stefan Joro, Goro, however you said it last year? Oh, who he was knows? He killed it in the waffle as well. 
He was the uh, the AFL X. Was yeah, AFL X out last year? Yeah. Whatever it was. Um, whatever it was when uh, gee, we had 102 k last year as well. Everyone had him here at some point. Um, they absolutely loved him, but man, no idea. Wouldn't wouldn't be a bad idea for you know each team to bring like a each AFL X team to bring like a rookie listed player from their club or something. You know, and, and and give him a go during the AFLX or yeah. you know, really spice up the game. Yeah, look, he didn't average much uh, last year, but I mean, do we expect to see improvement from him? Probably not. Yeah, no, he's still yeah. rookie listed, apparently. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's listed as a forward this year as well, as opposed to what do we have him as last year? Defender. Uh midfielder wasn't. Midfielder. Midfielder. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah midfielder. Um, yeah. your mid prosser. Well, a little bit like Collingwood, man. There's. I feel like anyone that's a mid price, I might have to do a bit of a cheat here because I feel like there's a they got a few mid prices, but they're kind of that four seventy k price mark yep. as opposed to the four fifty k. And um, I'm going to change tune on someone who I've been so anti in the last few years, and, and that's Michael Walters. I think uh, you know word over the preseason is we should see a lot more midfield. He specifically wants to play more midfield too. And if this is a guy who can kind of get up around 20, 23 touches on average for the year and still kind of kick his 30, 35 goals, um, this is someone who genuinely could be a top six forward, I think. Um, you know, we've seen him in, in years gone by have relatively okay averages, 87 in the last couple and, and another 80 about four years ago, 82 four years ago. Um, so he is probably rightly priced for what we're getting, but the, the key here is him getting more um, midfield minutes. And if it seems very likely that this is the case and pre-season matches, this is going to be the case, then I'm going to be a lot hotter on Michael Walters. But I think the negative that comes with that is the extra strain that kind of puts on the hammy muscles when you're running through the midfield. And he might be at risk of going ping once again. Yeah, if I pick him, those hammies are done. So I'll just stay away from <laughs> him. Hope he goes all right. Um, look, you know, there's everyone's kind of weighing up who's going to take the kickouts if it's going to be Wilson or or um, Ryan I think I, I don't want to touch either of them they scare me early but if you like one more than the other then I got a feeling one of these boys is going to become a real fan favourite during the JLT I love Ryan yeah. Yeah, I liked him last year and um, he's probably just a little bit too much to kind of take that risk on but man he showed last year he could play football and score and the best thing about Ryan was his ability to only have 15, 16 touches but still manage to score a ton. Yeah. I think I think right now, if I was going to say one, I think Wilson would most likely take kick-ins in my mind. I think Ryan's a better kick, especially around the field, but Wilson can launch the thing, especially yeah. with that run-out rule. I think he might be on him. But the one I'm actually going to go with is a little bit left of field. I'm going to go Sean Darcy. Um, and there's no way I'd start the season with him. But keep an eye out, because if something happens to Big Sandy who they're going to try and monitor if he goes down with another turf toe or something like that. <laughs> Mate, he could be a serious player at his price. So uh, my mid-pricer is more of a, you know, he needs kind of... Some injury luck. Yeah, some injury from luck, some bad well, luck from someone luck. else. Yeah. Um, Rory Lobb doesn't scare me at all. I think if, if Sanderlands went out, Darcy would come straight in. Um, so, yeah, he's one for me to keep an eye on. Your primo? Um, there's only one premium in this team, <laughs> and uh, his name is Nat Fife. And we don't need to go on, but a low average in the last five years of 105, um, and you know second low average of 109. Um, 
the man picks himself. He was involved in 40% of Fremantle's scoring chains last year, um, which was second in the comp behind Buddy Franklin. Um, he's an absolute machine. Uh, Fremantle won the clearance 49% of the time when uh, Fife was inside the centre bounce as well. The bloke can take high-flying marks around the ground. He's a contested beast. We know what he can do, and we know where his downfall is, and that's games played per year. Um, there's not much else to sort of say to that. 619,000 is probably unders when you consider what he could average. Um, do you recall, Corey, what his top averaging year was oh, in his career? I'd say, have a, get a bit of guesstimate, 129? No, 123. I was going to say, yeah, that's way too high. Um, yeah, 123. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason why this guy at some point could not that average 130. Yeah, and was that the year that they finished top of the ladder? Oh, it was 2015, so I wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, it was 2015. That was the same year. Again, complete random stat, but top of the ladder team. This is what I was talking about with Adelaide last week. The year they finished top of the ladder, they had two players inside the top 10 players in the season. Mm. Fife and David Mundy. Well, yeah, keep an eye out for those top of the ladder teams. Like I said, the only team to not do it in the last four years was Richmond. Richmond, yeah, interesting. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah but look, look, I agree with you with Fife. We've got a player that could average 125, without a doubt. This this was Fife between rounds two and ten last year. And if this is an indication of what he could do on a season, then bloody hell, look out. 120, 160, 101, 151, 114, 142, 127, 101, 163. Two weeks later, he had 154 as well. He's just got the ability to absolutely rip games apart. And if 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 his body was more durable, there wouldn't be a side out there that wouldn't pick him. Have a a listen to these games played since 2012. 9, 19, 18, 18, 5, 21, and 15. So 19 is his second highest games played. I mean, it's, it's, you know he's going to miss games at some point. I think you just kind of need to accept that. No Lockie Neal. Well, that doesn't make a difference because they'll go on him before they'll go on a Lockie Neal anyway. So um, we're not going to see a decrease in average. I think it's just going to be whether you're lucky enough to get him after his injury or lucky enough to kind of bank all those points before his injury or, or something along those lines. But the man picks himself, obviously. Yeah, it's just that argument, like, you know, if you get him for a nice run of, like, 15 weeks right at the start, like, do you have the number one scoring player for a 15-week period? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, is that worth the injury that could potentially come with it? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like this, he's he's a freak on the park. Because if that injury comes in the back end of the year, around 17, 18, 19, let's face it, by that stage our teams are complete and some teams are probably even bringing in a forward mid-swing mid to kind of cover it. And if he's good to go... Yeah, if he's good to go round one... <laughs> if he, yeah, honestly, if he's good to go round one, he's almost a, a walk-up start, honestly. I think I'm. I'm think I'm loving too much of this AFLX too. Sitting on that bloody couch next to Dangerfield the other day too, he just kind of looked like he was a monster in him as well. <laughs> like, he's oh, an absolute machine. I um, such a good player. And the problem is, is, he's like not the problem. The good thing is, he's always been tagged, and he's just untaggable. Like someone always runs with him. You can't stop him. Don't bother. No, 
I think the only one to do a semi or a job was a, was the North Melbourne bloke. What's his name again? Um, Jacobs. Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, although he did score 163 on North last year. Jacobs didn't play though, did he? No, oh, who knows? Like, from memory, I don't think he did. Doubt it. That could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, nah, he's the only one for me there too. Does David Money interest you at all, seeing as he wants to go play a full-time midfield role? And oh, full- man. Um, I'll tell you, he and interests then, hang me on, kind of last before, year. Before we go, these are his averages. 96, 89, 93, 113, 102, 103. And he's played in the last, what, we'll go five seasons... He's only played under... He's played... These are his games. 22, 21, 18, 21, 22. Everyone, he, you know, that age, I'd argue, no, he's too old, he's too old, he's too old. We've seen plenty of too old players stick around and be good for a while. He did it again last year. He averaged 96. Yeah. Um, gee. He's not in the starting team conversation, but it would not be a surprise to see him come into a lot of teams round 12 or so if... And it's a big if. He, he's gone straight back into the midfield and he's producing scores like 105 or an average of like 105. And loves a goal after the siren against Richmond oh. as well too. So. That's, did he kick one against Geelong a few years back at Skilled, I Definition, think, as well? Um, of clutch. He, he is clutch. Um, nah, but look, I agree with you. Fife all the way. Fife is life. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Super coach life. No, that's it for the doctor. Beautiful. All right, Alitis, thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week with what? Who's next? Geelong and Gold Coast or something like that. Um, yeah. On Tuesday. So, peace out, community. And yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>